Hi, I'm Bo Humphreys, and this is the Personal Finance Show. This is the seventh episode of the COVID nineteen series. Is it seven? I, I just there's been so many. Um, yeah, the last one was up, update number six. So uh, that was May third. Today is May tenth. It also happens to be Mother's Day, which is why we're recording this in the afternoon so that we could spend the morning with the mothers in our life, right? Um, and uh, today I have uh, my friend James, who's joining us from uh, somewhere, a mysterious location in North Carolina. Um, what, what city? Can you tell us, James? Yes, I'm in Durham, North Carolina. Durham, okay. Uh, what's the population there? Is it a big city? Uh, it's considered a medium-sized city. I want to say uh, maybe a, a couple hundred grand. Okay, yeah. Uh, so a couple hundred, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but... but, but about two hundred thousand residents. So James, uh, James Mombella, uh, how'd I do, James? Good. You got it. Okay, good. Uh, James and I met uh, in DC uh, last year at FinCon, and uh, he was on the podcast, my hundredth episode. Thanks again for being on, James. Yeah. Talking about, uh, you know, the uh, a privilege, uh, financial privilege, is a is a big conversation. Um, you know, and I, it kind of comes up. Uh, a lot lately when it comes to those who are doing okay during pandemic and those who are not doing okay. And it seems, you know, there's uh, conversations about how people are bored. Uh, and usually those are from people who have money. And then there's conversations about, I can't feed my family. Right. Too. So like the, the, it's revealing a little bit of, of who is in a privileged situation and the comments can be a little bit uh, weird depending on, on that. Right. It's like, should we be complaining about having to watch Netflix all the time and that we might have to rewatch a movie? That's right. Yeah. Not, uh, there are worse things, right? Let's just sit inside and, and see what happens. Uh, so the reason I'm doing this series, the reason I came uh, out of uh, sabbatical, if you will, podcast sabbatical, is because I want to connect with people around the world. It's, an, it's a way for us to stay connected and hear stories from, uh, from other people um, who may be going through something very similar to us, um, and to to be connected with um, uh, other parts of the world, um, as well as personal stories. And uh, so, James, uh, tell me first of all, um, are you still are you still working? Uh, what's the situation there? Yeah, so it's interesting. Work hasn't changed at all. It's it's been exactly as it was before okay. for me because I. I am a financial planner, and I I've worked mostly virtually. So, uh, working with clients all over the country, we connect through through video chat. And uh, the difference is, I was meeting with some clients who are local in person, and those okay, have just yeah. moved to video chat. But otherwise, there hasn't been much of a much of a change with work. With my team. We live in different parts of the country, and we always connected virtually for our team meetings. And I mean, if anything, it's made work a little easier because yeah. I because I have more control of my schedule, having everything be virtual. And I think some people are actually there's a little more action with potential clients because people are realizing in these tough times that maybe they don't know everything that they're doing with their money and they may That's need some a really help. good point how about that eh? kind of giving them a little bit of a kick in the pants is that what you're saying exactly yeah, yeah. 
Okay, but but you're so are you getting the same amount of you're getting new clients during this time? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, 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 I abs- Oh yeah, I absolutely would not wish this situation to ever happen. You know, especially no, not no. not to this degree. Um, but the other side of things is is tough economic times happen, and and it's just just it's just how it works. Is it is a good time for people in the industry to to get new clients because. Uh, like I said, the, the challenge sort of wakes people up and realize that, that they need to be more prepared. And so, and so, and so, and being that everyone's at home, they, they've got time to attend, uh, virtual webinars. So we've been doing webinars, weekly webinars to, to provide okay. as much value as we can, teaching people how to navigate getting resources and for business owners, how do you qualify for these, uh, for these loans, for these small business loans? And yeah, kind of so, you know, like explaining that stuff because uh, you know it's a little more complicated in the states, uh, and we I've heard some stuff about the small business loans not being available everywhere, that kind of thing. But you're trying to point them into the right direction, you know, wherever they can get help. Um, if you know about a different way to go about it, too. Oh yeah, absolutely. And 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 with webinars, it's it, it's easier to 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 hold a webinar than an in person. Uh, event it just takes less time so you can do at least one a week you're getting in front of people and and like you said we're we're, we're actually walking them through the nuts and bolts of getting approved for these things and so what they do is they say oh wow that was some really direct actionable guidance i wonder what else they have and boom we're we're having we're having meetings good because yeah like you said you wouldn't wish this on anybody but this is an opportunity for you to help people who may not have been ready before they just weren't ready they didn't think that they needed any any uh, help to get through this kind of thing or to be ready for the next one, right? Are you talking a lot about that? Like, okay, maybe you don't have a lot of savings now, but what are you going to do about that? Absolutely. And and what you just said calls to mind people who we had already been in contact in the past and just yeah, were, okay. were dragging their feet. And this is an opportunity to reach back out to those people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so good, good. So you're, you know, because the worst is is if you're trying to help people but you don't have any way to do it, or or you ha- you're having trouble adapting to the new virtual world. I know a lot of people are right. You're already there. You're already ahead of it. I was in the same sort of boat. I was doing some counseling by video. Um, we haven't talked uh, since, but I'm a full time insolvency counselor now, uh, which means I, I meet with people after they've just filed for bankruptcy uh, in Canada. And uh, you, there's also a consumer proposal, which I did uh, 11 years ago myself, which is the equivalent of Chapter 13 bankruptcy in the U.S., right? Those are just two options. Chapter Basically, yep. Chapter 7 and 13, are, we have the equivalents here. Uh, the difference okay. is uh, people don't have to go to court uh, for those here. It's a process that you can do without uh, having uh, – if you follow all the – do all the things you're supposed to do, you don't have to go to court, right? Sounds like a uh, less costly uh, – Less costly uh, and less – steps. Yeah, let's call these steps, but also in, in you know um, less prohibitive too, right? Um, yeah. uh, people, you don't have to have money for a lawyer to file for bankruptcy uh, in Canada, at least the first time, anyway, right? Uh, so one of those conditions is they have to meet yeah. for two sessions with me um, uh, to be able to complete their automatic, you know, bankruptcy, say discharge, or to complete their proposal. Um, so the, the sessions with me are mandatory. Um, but I try not to make them feel that way. You know, I'm just trying to help too, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Part of it is I've been through this. I did it myself, right? So I know what it's like to live without credit. I know what it's like 
to walk into those doors and say, hey, I need help with my debts and and uh, what what can you guys do about it, right? Is there, what are my options? And so that's what the, the trustees and the associates uh, do, right? They'll sit down um, and talk to them and try to give them options and it's all free. And then, you know, then they make the right choice. And uh, honestly, from what I see, it's it's usually uh, a, a million times better than when, where, where they were before, right? And that's why I like there's yeah. no different costs, right? There's nothing to stop you coming in. You just have to make the choice to, to not pay, like, egregious interest for the rest of your life. But, you know, yeah, we, still yeah. have, we still have that issue with student loans that you have, too, is that student loans aren't automatically discharged. There's a seven-year waiting period for in Canada. I think it's there's some kind of similar rule. Do you know anything about that? The bankruptcy and student loans, or uh, uh, I don't personally because that's not that's not a situation that yeah that, doesn't come up a lot, right? Yeah, that that, that I come to do yeah. the, uh, up, yeah. Up to, yeah. If, if I run into someone who's look who's considering that route, uh, I, I would send them to, to someone else. Uh, yeah. So do you yeah, have bankruptcy but, trustees but, who are bankruptcy lawyers, right? Uh, yeah, and and I will I will say that at least with federal student loans, I'm sure those there are limitations on discharging those because any any federal debt, tax debt, any type of government debt like that, yeah, uh, they don't let you get off so easy. So that's right. That doesn't surprise have, me at all. But hey, know, that's that's great that that you all offer that free of charge. A, I mean, I, yeah. I like how y'all do things in Canada. Well, I know, I know. You've, you've been getting to know us a little more, right? Um, but the the bottom line is, uh, you know, it, it doesn't hurt to come in and talk to a bankruptcy trustee or insolvency trustee in Canada. Uh, I'm trying to use the words interchangeably for you because uh, it just helps because it's all bankruptcy in the U.S. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it basically, it's a, you got to go see a lawyer in, that, and, in, in, in the U.S. And that's a tough step for anyone in the first place, right? Yeah. So then that's enough about me. That's my That's my update. So back over to you. So you are um, you're working virtually. That's great. So this has affected you um, in a way, and you you've been able to take a positive step forward to help more people, which is great. Um, what about your family? Um, is everybody okay? First of all, and then are they? Is everyone staying in the house together? Um, how does it work uh, in North Carolina? Yeah. So everyone is okay. Fortunately. And, uh, back in, I want to say, uh, March, maybe late March is when we had our stay at home orders. And okay. I, I, it's funny, this, this, uh, this whole coronavirus, uh, episode has to me exposed just how weird our, our system is in this country with the federal government. You have states, you have, you have localities, just how all that interacts. Because yeah. I've never really seen them all firing on all cylinders before. So is, you, know, you have the federal government colors, right? Everything is just right in front of everybody's face now. Yeah, and it makes me think, man, it shouldn't be this complicated. We should just have like just one government and not have to deal with all this coordination issues. Because you have you got the federal government who has refused to issue any real order this whole time. They, they wanted to give people their own choices while giving them sort of recommendations and guidelines. The state of North Carolina, uh, I, want, I want to say it was late March when, when, when they issued a stay-at-home order for the whole state, and that has, is now being lifted okay. uh, slowly by phases. And then our county and city 
also had a separate stay at home order, you know, for our, that relates really? to our city and county. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and they all, I mean, they're, I'm sure they're talking to each other, but at the end of the day, they all have their, their own, uh, realm of authority. And so, uh, both the city and the state stay at home orders are, 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 are being slowly lifted now. When they were first instituted, that's when my wife started working from home. So okay. we don't have kids yet, which I can say, talking to people who have kids, we, we feel pretty fortunate that, 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 that we, we don't have them yet. And they're yes. going to come later when maybe things will be uh, a little less hectic. And uh, so, so for now it's just us two and the dog. And she, she, yeah, around the time when the stay-at-home orders started, in in beginning of April or end of March is when she she started working from home. She works for Duke Law School in the in the student okay. affairs department. So she 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 can do a lot of what she does at home as long as she has a computer and it's fine. And I same, remember same as do email or Zoom or that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah and I remember I, I was actually getting on her for a while. Like, when are they going to let you work from home? Because because <laughs> like beginning of March, I, I was already. Where we were, everyone else got a month later. I was already there. I was like, we need to lock this down. Man. When, when yeah. are they going to let you work from home? I, I want, I want us to be safe. And, and so finally they, they did. And so we have this really unique, uh, I'm sure we'll never, we may never experience again where we're just both working from home. We both sort of go to bed and get up whenever and we're, we're both just always here and working. And, uh, you know, in theory, we save time. We don't have the commutes and we should have, you know, we have a more flexible schedule, and it's 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 very interesting. It's uh, you know, it's the trade off, right? We don't have the commutes, but then we don't have the other things that are outside of the house that in, enrich our lives in other ways, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not much of a outside person, right? I was saying uh, just earlier uh, when I was recording the Dear Ruby show with my friend Rubina that uh, I got an email from Google that <laughs> said that I. I uh, traveled uh, by foot uh, one kilometer in April. Uh, so, like, you know, you don't need to know the conversion between kilometers and miles, James, and know that that's not a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's not a lot of traveling to be done. Um, you know, I, I should – I like having the option. I like to run, right, when, on, when it's nice out, when it's nicer, right? April is still pretty cold. We had snow yesterday. You know, it's. <laughs> oh man! It's, it, normally, I don't think it snows always in, uh, in at the beginning of May, but it does happen. Uh, it just it seemed like it was kind of out of the blue um, snow. It was nice, like you know, it was a lot warmer before. Yeah, but, I, 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 t- I take that back. I'm like in Canada. I'm gonna have to take back my, <laughs> my original comment. <laughs> yeah, you can stay indoors when it snows. That's just letting you know. Right? <laughs> um, that's a but, that's a fair point. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we we're like, how do you live? And like, well, we have a heat and uh, <laughs> um, big coats, right? Yeah, that's you know, that's usually how it goes. Uh, you know, and 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 in the colder parts, the cars actually do plug in. Um, there's a, a a little plug that comes out of the car. You plug into the outlet on the outside of your house, so that the 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 engine block doesn't freeze overnight. Oh wow! Uh, in some parts, not not always, not not the you know like we're in southern Ontario, so it's probably one of the warmer places in this area, right? Because we're actually into the states, right? 
yeah you know, windsor's right next to detroit you were just there right yeah yeah uh, we're not far from there right and that's where my, my wife grew up in that oh, area too, i could have right? went to visit you uh, we we might have been there around that time, actually. And if I remember correctly, we might have been visiting when you were. It was a conference, right? Yeah, were yeah. You, were you attending that? Yeah, it was mid September conference in Detroit. Yeah, yeah. What kind of conference was it? Can you talk about it? Oh, oh it was uh, it was the Association of African American Advisors. So as you can yeah. imagine, there aren't a whole lot of uh, black advisors like me in, in well, this country. So tell us about that. How, so, like, how many are there, and and why aren't there more? So. How many are there? I'm, I'm actually, I actually don't have the numbers on the industry as a whole because mm. the, the the wealth management, financial planning industry is is uh, it's it's very it's very loose. There's not a whole lot of uh, structure, and uh, and okay. there's different licenses and, and yeah, and things you don't like have that. to have one designation or something to do this, right? Well, I mean, the the, the minimum. Uh, the, the minimum requirement is to get a license, an investment advising license from your okay. state. Sure. And so I just, I'm actually, I'm just not sure if there are numbers on just the whole industry as a whole, but what there are numbers for people who've attained the certified financial planner designation. Okay. Which okay. I would argue is a minimum requirement to, to, to do planning, but that's not how it works. I mean, there's probably, there's about 80,000. Uh, okay. People in the country who have that designation and financial planners in general is probably 200 plus thousand, 200, 300,000 advisors in the whole country. Okay. So again, not the best numbers on, on the 200 or 300,000, but for the 80,000 or so who have the certified financial planner designation, only about 1,500, uh, which is, I think I did the math right, uh, it's about one and a half percent of. Wow. Yeah, of the entire of the entire group of people who have the certified financial planner designation are are black, one and a half percent. So, so you know, we we got we got to get together and and uh, yeah, well, of course, <laughs> we yeah, gotta, we got to we got to get together and and, uh, and build how do some you make, camaraderie. How do you find out how to make more too, right? Oh yeah, yeah. That's like part come of up it. with strategies uh, to make more. Like uh, you know, we've talked about this before, you and I. But that's that is a very low. Low percentage. I mean, even yeah. relative to the the demographics in the U.S., right? It's yeah. not like that's the representative of the demo of of the U.S. population, is it? No, no. We're I'd say about ten percent of of the of the U.S. population. And, and yeah, it, it all it's always skewed for me because I usually live in uh, I usually live in metropolitan areas where it's a lot yeah. higher. Sure. And and then I got to think about well, but the whole country you have. States like Montana, you have huge swaths of of the country that don't have any black people, so that brings it down to I think around around ten percent. I mean, it, it's just it, it's like it's the same reasons for un, underrepresentation in a lot of other uh, areas of, of life. Yeah. It, it's it's not having not having the exposure, uh, not even knowing that the that that industry exists, and yeah. and and not and not having anyone to introduce us to to that possibility and so and not having that not having the the relative or, or the mentor who was a, a financial planner or like a, a cfp in this case right yeah um, or, or having or, somebody that you know in your community who is that and they can encourage others uh, growing up to strive towards that yeah it would either be a mentor or like you said maybe a family member does it or maybe you know oh maybe 
members you don't have you you don't have a situation where your parents had an advisor you remember that oh yeah that too them. yeah because uh, you know, they didn't have enough money to do that and so and and then even and then I'd, I'd add on top of that is also even if you are aware of the industry having enough financial stability to take the leap and actually try to make it work i mean be able to go get clients and not have a stable income for a couple of years that that's a lot that's a lot to ask both from the standpoint of being able to forego a salary for a couple of years when you you probably have student loans you got to pay yeah. off and then also just where do you go to to find clients your natural network may not be as, as ripe for the type of clients that your firm is looking for yeah so, so there's, there's yeah. like this more more and more barriers and so is that what you would talk about at the conference is how to break those barriers down too that, that's part of it so so part mm. of it is is how do we support those of us who are who are already in the industry and then we also talk about about how, about bringing the about bringing knowledge and exposure about the industry to to young people and people in school and and Every conference we have a cadre of of students from one of the historically black, black colleges. Okay, uh, nice. And they uh, they provide free labor and enjoy a lot of the <laughs> a lot of the. Uh, People call those volunteers, James. <laughs> yes. So they're volunteers. Yeah. Yes. So that they they volunteer in a lot of the setup and 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 things that we need done for the the. Uh, the conference itself, and then they That's also great. have an opportunity to attend all the events and and ask all the questions that, that they want and and learn about how they can break into the industry themselves. I I you know one of the things that we're mourning a little bit during all this is conferences. Um, you know, I when when would the next one of those be? Uh, remind me, was it when did you come? It, it, in the fall? It, it was. It was yeah. It was mid September. So the next one was gonna. You know, it was supposed to be mid mid September again this year, and in DC this time, which okay. I was really looking forward to. Yeah, because you could go back to and and uh, do business with your uh, head office, right? Yeah, and 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 just being back where I'm from. That's where I'm originally. And that's from. where you're from. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, but but personally, I don't I don't feel very confident in in it going through as planned. In the same respect, uh, FinCon, um, I already have uh, a flight booked to Long Beach uh, for the end of September. Yeah, I've, I had it booked. You know, same thing. We're going. We have flights booked to to Italy in August, and uh, oh. we had that in January. So, it, those that's still up in the air. We don't know. I mean, it's again, as I said earlier, it is a question of privilege to even um, be. You know able to be concerned about that kind of thing right like we're fine our families are fine so we don't get to go on the trip this year right yep we'll do it again whenever we can right we're going to get credits from the airline and if we depending on what happens with airbnbs you know we'll see what happens there but at the very least it's like we're at a, a loss and there's sunk costs too right yeah um, it's not like i gave up something else so that i could do this and now i can't do that thing it's you know as if we were going to get into real personal finance advice right now, which I, I don't do that much, uh, but, uh, you know, don't spend money on vacation if you ever need that money, right? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So. Right? Again, putting things on credit cards, right? That uh, We don't think about uh, about that, right? Because you're not even, if you if you put a trip on a credit card and it gets canceled and get your credit, well, now you have debt 
and you don't even have the benefit of going on that trip anymore, right? Which was, you made that choice to to put it on there so you could go on that trip and then maybe that would uh, fulfill your life a little bit and come back and you pay that debt off, right? Yeah. Now we don't even have that. So, yeah. Yeah, so you'd, you'd, you'd hope that, that, that next time that, that uh, they would think twice before before putting it on the credit card and, and, and just save up for the, it. Like that's that's the one thing that we can, uh, like the most basic thing that we can hope from all of this, right, is hopefully everybody gets out of this without too much of a bump in the road, right? Yeah. But maybe it wakes up a, a thing or two inside of them that was like, you know what? I don't want to be in that situation again. It's the same thing when people file for bankruptcy or a proposal here is that like they will it's supposed to shake you up a little bit. It's a big event, right? Yep. Your you know your your credit's going to be ruined for a bit. This is a, a similar thing, right? Where hey, if you thought you were invincible job loss wise, you're not. Um Oh yeah. And it's hard for us to to keep those things in mind like I might lose my job, I might get sick. Those are the things like I'm trying not to shame anyone for not having an emergency fund now, right? Because we just have to deal with things and move on. Yeah. Um, but um, it's moving forward where we can then talk about, okay, now what are you going to do though, right? Oh, yeah. I will not shame anyone. I, I tell everyone I talk to that this is a no-shame zone when it comes to sure. finances because that's the only like way that. That, that you can really help people, right? And and we're taught in our industry to we must look at everyone we talk to with unconditional positive regard, all the clients, all potential clients. But I will say, I will not shame you, but I will use you, but withholding your name, as an example for the next person I talk to who, okay. who, who, who may not, who may be giving some pushback on, on, on setting why, aside their why emergency do I do reserves. This? Why, why should I do that? Right? Why should I do that? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Let me, let me tell you why. I mean, like, like you said, it is, again, we would never wish this, this to happen but it has been a wonderful lesson for people to see these industries where people thought that that they were invincible and they're yeah. not and i mean we had we have a client we have some clients who are uh who are surgeons they're not having elective uh they're not having elective procedures right now that's how they got paid that was their yep. source of income Absolutely. whoever thought that doctors especially in a health crisis doctors would have interruptions in income it's things that we never thought by the way i really like that uh term unconditional positive regard is that what you said yep is that yep. you or is that like a, a, a company statement or did you just make that up uh, i think I, le- I think i learned that from the uh from the certified financial planner so they have that uh, as like a, ma- uh, a mantra of in, in in of sorts yeah it's good i, I that because that yeah Right, that's how we should approach anybody that, that that comes to talk to us, especially if they're in a vulnerable financial position, right? Yeah. Um, I always reveal my story that I've been through in insolvency to make sure people understand that I have no judgment and I'd be a hypocrite if I did, right? Mm-hmm. So that tends to put people at ease. And, and it also makes them open up a little more too, right? Because we, we have our guard up all the time about financial matters, and I'm trying to break down those walls a little bit. Um, this is that's the reason for this show, right? That's why that's why the show exists, right? We talk yeah. about stuff candidly. We talk about how it's all just about helping other people. And yeah, like so, yeah. I mean, t- tell us a little bit about uh, your company itself, right? So you you're 
company is mostly filled with some of the 1500 uh, CFPs that exist in the US, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So so it's a team of four of us right now and uh all black uh CFPs and we we work mostly with uh professionals in the ages of say in their 20s to to 40s who are uh they either a lot of them are like us. They're, they're people of color who may be first generation wealth builders, first generation professionals, uh, or they, uh, our white clients are, are, are allies. I mean, they care about the same things we care about. And what yeah. they all have in common is, is they're all, uh, they're all successful. They've worked hard for themselves and they want to give back to, to their communities and causes that they care about. So they want to actually help make uh, the world a little bit better than it was when when they first got here, and that's so awesome. so that that's where our advice comes into play. Is not only are we helping you build wealth, but we're helping you figure out the best way to leverage your wealth to to, to help the uh, to help the, the, the people and the causes you care about. Like for instance, we were just talking to a client who uh, we were just talking about credit card debt, right? So. We have a client who has uh, $50,000 of credit card debt. And he was sitting on about, yeah, he was sitting on about 100000 of Google stock that he was provided. Uh, RSUs, restricted stock units, is, is, what, okay. is, is what we call them. Uh, basically provided stock as compensation back when he was working for Google. Okay. And, and, and you may know from... Uh, from just your 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 own personal education you've gone through that you probably don't want too much of your wealth in one company in one <laughs> stock oh so I could, tell, I could tell you a story or two yeah yeah so, so we're like you know you're, you're gonna need to liquidate a lion's share of that stock uh, anyway to, to, to not to, to reduce that exposure well, diversify but then, a little bit yeah yeah but then guess what when you have that cash go ahead and pay off the credit card debt yeah with uh, with the stock that had the lower capital gains upon okay. liquidation. And then guess what? The stock with the high capital gains, that the, the ones that you were gifted, or not gifted, the ones that you were given by Google as compensation three years ago or so, and you've got high capital gains, go ahead and donate those to that scholarship that you all, uh, oh. that you all founded at, at one of the local universities. And because, because when you donate a highly appreciated stock, no one pays the capital gains taxes. You don't pay them. Uh, so, an example, let's say you have a $1,000 stock. You bought it for $200. So, you're looking yeah. at an $800 capital gain. You got to pay you, taxes on that. Yeah. If, if you gift the stock to a nonprofit, then you, 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 you get the full, you get the full tax deduction for a $1,000 donation. You made a $1,000 donation. They okay. can sell it and, they don't pay capital gains because they're a tax exempt organization, right? Okay. So, so it, it, it's a it's a tax efficient way to donate. It allows you to donate more. And in way. this case, uh, what about him keeping that uh, money though, uh, the cash for himself? It, it he didn't need that to live or anything. No, no. Well, 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 well the thing is, we were looking at their budget. They were already they had already budgeted contributions to the to the. Uh, to the, okay, so to, yeah, yeah, charity. Yeah, they had already budgeted contributions to the, okay, to the so scholarship. You, so, so you looked at this and, and gave them a, an efficient way so that, well, like you said, you've got to cash it out anyway to pay off the credit card and, and then, you know, to 
to make it actually usable money and to diversify. That was the main thing, right? It's like anyone yeah. anyone can tell you never keep all of that in one 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 uh, basket, right? Yeah, yeah. So so instead of writing them a check for a thousand dollars and paying the capital gains on the stock, just give them the stock. You've getting you've now given them a thousand dollars and and you you keep that cash and no one pays the taxes. And then so that that, gonna... that gives them money they could donate more because of the tax savings. That's an example of how you're trying to use your knowledge to help someone give back in, the, in, a, in an efficient way, as well as protecting their, you know, whatever is most efficient for them, too, and helping everybody. That's, that, that's how we should be looking at our money, right? What's the best Absolutely. possible uh, scenario here? You know, because a lot of people look at taxes, for example. They're like, I don't want to pay taxes. Taxes suck or whatever, right? Well, taxes are for a reason. They usually keep the roads and other things open, right? Yeah. So, so like, you know, sure, yeah, maybe at a certain point you're like, oh, my God, taxes are so high. But, I mean, if your taxes are high, it's probably because you make money, right? So it's about balancing all of those things like, okay, great, you want to make money, but uh, if you pay these taxes, that'll help the rest of the community, and then you'll have a better uh, world to live in and maybe have more people who can help you make more money. It's, it all just kind of feeds itself, doesn't it? Um, and you oh, can yeah. decide what communities to feed as well, uh, financially, right? It's, uh, it seems like a really nice, like just instead of having like a, a policy of I'm going to try to make the client as much money as possible, um, it, you know, try to help them do good with it too. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and one thing we, we never do is we never, we never let taxes be the forefront in, in our advice. So one thing he was asking us is, is you know for some of the credit cards with a lower interest rate, uh, am am I actually paying more in taxes to to raise the funds than I am in interest to pay the credit mm. card off? And yeah, we're saying, sure. well, but remember, you have too much in Google. That that, that yeah, that's yeah. the prime. <laughs> that's the starting point. That's and, yeah. and and that's the most important thing here is is to have the right the right allocation. So go ahead and pay the taxes, like you said. You know, pay your fair share of taxes. Yeah, uh, help the uh, help. Invest in in our in our public infrastructure and things like that, and then also help yourself out by having a uh, a better diversified portfolio. Well, yeah, I've had people say to me like, "Oh, my accountant says I should have more expenses so I can write them off." I said, "Well, if you'd have no expenses, you don't have any expenses." So, like, <laughs> I don't know how else to to answer that. Uh, um, don't get me started on that. It's a ta- <laughs> it's a tax write off. I can just do that. It's a tax write off and. Well, the example I gave was, okay, so you spend $100 on expenses so you can maybe have a 25% tax you know, break on, you know, on your taxes because you have less income, but you have $100 less income, right? So yeah. let's, okay, let's spend $100 to save 25 or do nothing and you know, pay the $25 in tax, right? It's, it's, um, we need to keep talking about things like this so that people get it. And as you said... Um, this is the time when people are listening. It seems a little bit more because their 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 ears are perked up. Like they're like pandemic, you know, pandemic money benefits. Um, everybody got a stimulus check in the U.S. Uh, not not everyone. Okay, you, you had income? to. Yeah, you, you had to as a as a individual. Once you're making six figures, okay, uh, then then you didn't qualify for a check, and and as a okay. couple. Once your income got above two hundred thousand, then then you didn't qualify for a check either. Uh, me and my wife did qualify 
okay. partially from what you're from what you're talking about is, is last year was the first year that I uh, I, I left the, a salaried position and I decided mm. to take the entrepreneurial leap, and so I had a had a good number of expenses and and actually had a loss. Uh, my, my first okay. year. <laughs> so. you, well, you're you're building up clients, right? You're, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, and, and so uh, and so we were, yeah, we were under the under the limiting and got to get uh, a stimulus check, which is which we were we were, we were happy about the timing of that because you know, next year the goal would be not to qualify next year, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> but 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 well, and, we, and, and, and actually benefits sorry go ahead yeah well, i was going to say real quick is 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 uh they they extended the deadline of, of when you could file taxes to july yeah yeah well, so, similar here too yeah yeah and, and and so we had people who uh we were to hold off that don't file yet because they're going to use your 2018 taxes and you qualified back then you know of you course. you were you were still in residency and right now yeah. you wouldn't qualify so don't 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 file, but but in 2018 maybe you were still in residency or you were still in law school. So so they're going to use that and and uh, and and you would qualify. So go ahead and make sure you get your check before you file your taxes. So just you know a, a little advantage that we could we could give people to to uh, uh, based on the lag of, of of the income accounting. Yeah, because no no matter what, no matter if you still have a job or not, things cost a little more right now. You know, it's harder to get things and. Um, like groceries, for example, right? And uh, it's just a bit of a harder time. So you know, hopefully people are using it uh, for things that they need or, um, hey, if you don't need it, uh, give it to charity, right? Uh, oh, yeah. It's supposed to be, it's, supposed to, it's a stimulus check for you guys, so it's supposed to be put it back into the community. That's the idea, into the economy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and uh, I don't think it was nearly enough, but I guess it was better than nothing. It wasn't a uh, lot, yeah. I mean, yeah. and multiplied it was, it was, by the was, population of the U.S., it's a lot, but yeah, but uh, which a lot of people are going to point out to point that out as well. It's a large expense, but I mean, it was only twelve hundred dollars per per adult and and five hundred dollars uh, per child for people who have children, and uh, and and some people haven't even been able to receive it yet. It, it, it was it had a clunky I've been hearing rollout. about that, yeah, and so. I don't know. They're they're talking about they're talking about uh, more measures, which would actually provide ongoing uh, ongoing payments, like monthly payments to people, and and we'll okay. we'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll, yeah. we'll see where that goes. Just keep an eye on that. And as you said, the it's it's not it doesn't seem like it's meant to pay for rent or anything like that. It's just to give a little bit of a boost, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Uh, different states and, and the federal and as you were talking about everyone has all these all these rules and we don't know how long it's going to go on for um but your uh state is opening up and the local too soon yeah yeah the uh yeah may 15th is when the uh, so, so the, the statewide stay-at-home order has already been lifted and and it's in i think it's phase one of, okay, yeah. of, uh, of, of opening up. So, 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 so that means that not everything will be open up, but, but there'll be, so you, the essential places were all, always open, right? So phase one will be, you could say the next layer of essential places will, will open up. Yeah. And then the, the local stay at home order expires on May 15th. And I, I actually, I don't know too much about the details of that because honestly, 
I think that the I think government orders aren't as important as people think because just like how when there weren't orders people could still make their own de- uh, decisions yeah when orders are lifted people can make their own decisions to to still stay at home or yeah, no one's there kicking you out of the house right yeah or, or or yeah businesses could could still stay closed I mean I mean my wife is still going to be working from home Duke University is not opening up anytime soon because they want to keep their staff safe so I uh, I think what's much more important than opening up the economy is widespread testing so that yeah. people like me and, 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 and everyone else can, can actually feel confident going out and, and going to the movies again and going to restaurants and putting money into the local economy. Is they would need to feel that people who may have the virus aren't just walking around. They're being found early and isolated and uh, to keep the rest of us safe, you know? And it'll take a little bit for us to get there. I I, I have the same level, uh, the same level of anxiety, if you will, about uh, this kind of thing because, yeah, if it's not essential, I don't see the point of going and and risking it. Um, going to get a haircut, yeah, as you know, I don't need haircuts very often. It's uh, <laughs> it's not one of those things. But when I see somebody yeah. complaining about that's like. Like let's go uh, with a uh, automatic rifle uh, to uh, the Michigan state senate or whatever, just because they want to get their roots done or or something. I don't, I don't understand that um, motivation. It's obviously not about that. It's about probably the original concept of freedom and how they feel like they should be free to do whatever they want, and then they can. And a lot of people are saying, "Go ahead, just as long as you don't." go to the hospital and use up the resources, right? Um, people yeah. should be free, but it, like, and I, I want them to be free, and I like that, uh, to do whatever you want to do, but it, th- these things affect other people, I and mean, we have to be mindful of that too, right? That's the difference is when it affects other people. Now, now let me ask you, what, what's, what's, uh, what's testing like in, in Canada? And yeah, specifically so, where you are. Yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, that's the one number that I'm just sort of confused about. In terms of like, are they testing enough? I don't know if they are. Um, I feel like they are. I feel like if anybody needs a test, they can get one. But um, like, I'll, all I do is pay attention to the cases and the number of deaths and things like that. Um, but like, we're doing okay. Uh, it's not great. It's not U.S. Uh, numbers. Um, and how's well, what about North Carolina? Are uh, how, how are you relative to other states? You you did early lockdown. Uh, yeah, North Carolina was one of the, one of the earlier states to, to lock down, and I'm gonna actually, uh, look up, look this up real quick. I, I know yeah, it's, just... it's definitely not one of the, one of the hotspots of, of the country, no, so right now we've got, uh, right now we've got about 13,400 confirmed cases, 500 deaths, so that's, Relatively speaking, I, I guess not not as bad as it is in a lot of other places, and uh, it looks like 17 uh, or let's see, 492 new cases as, as of recent. So the number of new cases is still going up. Yeah, and so of course people are talking about that when it comes to reopening. It's like, shouldn't there be a lot like less new cases? Like I think our our province is doing better. Like your state is, say, relative to New York, right? 
Um, but still, there are a significant amount of cases every day. So those are the questions that it's like, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't I, I think you're right about the testing. I don't know, though, like I don't know if more testing is going to be. Uh, of course, if everybody got tested, it, that would make sense. Right. But yeah, like then. But then if it's not everybody, then who is it? Like I could have COVID right now. No idea. Right. I mean, I probably yeah. don't because I've only left the house once. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm probably very lo low risk. But still, right? It's um, I don't, it's one of those situations where it's really hard to know what's happening and what's the what the best uh, trajectory is for all of this. Um, we don't know when it's going to end. We don't know. Um, yeah, when when are the borders going to reopen between us? There's just a lot of unknowns. I think that's the sort of the theme here. Right. Oh yeah. And like you said, the only thing that could solve all of this, or even temporarily, is like everybody gets a test. But then, okay, so then there's one person who gets it from somewhere else, and we've all been tested, and now everybody's got it again, right? Like, like what what apparently happened yeah. in the White House, right? Everybody gets tested constantly. Well, they, you know, she didn't have it, and now she has it, right? And right, <laughs> that's yeah, how yeah. that's how viruses work. So I, I, it's just. That's why the stay-at-home stuff, like you said, if you don't have to go anywhere, why would you? If you can do your work yeah. from home and you can help people, if you can get groceries delivered or go out once a week or once every two weeks or whatever it is, we have these options now. Let's like utilize them and not necessarily go out there and and just you know let's fight the virus, right? Like, yeah, we're like, we're. We're warriors. The American right? people like, are, I don't know if you heard that. American people but it's are. Not, I don't think it's uh, limited to, to the U.S. I mean, obviously, yeah. the, the whole independence thing is very, very much top of mind in the U.S. more than a lot of other places, yes. But we, we all have this, right? We all, we've all evolved into these intelligent human beings where, well, we're better than viruses, right? We can yeah. outsmart them. So let's right like that. That's the mentality that we start with. So when one's like a little bit difficult, we're like, well, um, I don't like that. I don't like you virus and I'm going to get my gun or, or whatever it is, <laughs> whatever, whatever our reaction to something is, we're going to do that, but it doesn't make a difference. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, we kind of have to have humility here for a little bit and, and, you know, eat it. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you bring up good points. Uh, I guess you could say the one thing that really would clear things up would be a vaccine, right? Yeah, that, that's and, it, right. And and we're at least a year away from that is what I hear. Uh, I also hear all the time of some, of some cures uh, in the meantime that people are experimenting with. People are working very hard all over the globe, it seems. Yeah, my, my wife is doing a other. clinical trial right now. Oh, that. okay. She, as a med student, she would be more qualified than other volunteers to, to do that, so they've recruited med students a little bit to help out, uh, right? If they can't be in the hospitals working, then they might as well be doing other things that they can, yeah. right? Um, so yeah, there's a lot of, there's a bunch of different options that, uh, people around the world are looking into. And of course, everybody has their different results and, uh, but these things take time, right? Yeah. These things take like the vaccine. That's why a lot of people are unwilling to be like the vaccine is the only way because it's, it's so far off. People are, yeah. people are afraid of the virus. And then some people are more afraid of change too. Right. The, the, the change that might happen because we can't 
uh, beat this virus right now. Yeah. That's scaring a lot of people. It's not scaring, uh, that kind of thing isn't scaring you and I because we're already kind of used to a, a life where we don't have to leave the house to continue to make a living. Yeah. Um, and there are alternatives. It affects our quality of life, but not like life as we know it, if, if you, if you, if you want to look at it that way. And some people are defined by being able to leave the house. And I, I personally am not. So it's actually harder for me to accept, and I've been thinking about this lately, that I might have to go back to the way that everybody seems to want it to go back to, whether it's safe or not. And, and yeah. that's harder for me than accepting this ex- new reality that I'm living in right now. And that's, that's, my, that's where my anxiety comes in. It's like everyone seems to be pushing to reopen, and I don't understand uh, exactly why. Yeah. Are you kind of in yeah, I, I'm with you 100% on uh, No, I'm with you 100% on yeah. that because uh, you hear people talk all the time about, right? Uh, yeah, this virus, you'll probably survive it, right? You have a, if you're in your 20s or, or 30s, I mean, I mean, I'm in my 20s, I'd say you have a, you have, a, so I think, let's say the general mortality rate is 3% or something like yeah. that is whatever. And you're on the low, well, low end of that. If, if you're on your 20s, it's it's 0.0002% chance that you die. So you, so don't worry about it. Uh, but then I also hear about potential long-term complications from the yeah. virus. Well, Paula and, Pant, you, you know, so. you know Paula, Paula Pant from the Afford Anything podcast, right? She had it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know and, she had it. Yeah, she did. And she's been talking about it on her podcast. You should check out the the episodes actually. Uh, and Ooh. she's in her thirties, or I think she is she thirty uh, or, or mid thirties, I think. And yeah, she had a hell of a time, right? Um, yeah. And she's not supposed. She had a mild version of it, according to the whatever they're doing to compare it, right? So Ooh. yeah, like you said, it's it's not as clear cut. Everyone has different views about it. Everyone has different tolerance for risk. Like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll, I'm fine to get sick, whatever, make me sick, even though it might affect the, the way that I breathe for the rest of my life, right? Yeah. Um, if, that's, if that's what somebody's willing to accept, then fine. I, I'm not here to tell you what to do, right? Yeah. I just, I wish I didn't, I wasn't dragged into whatever the majority agrees to do. I wish that I was maybe considered a little more, you know, can I be allowed to stay home if I want? Even if the laws say you can't decide... Uh, if everybody's allowed to go back to work, you can't just decide to stay home because you're afraid of, get, of getting the virus or spreading the virus or whatever, for whatever reason, right? Um, there are labor laws about this kind of thing, right, that say, well, you, that's not a good reason to not uh, do what your employer wants you to do, right? Yeah. So there's those, all that nuance is there. And so uh, that's why it's so complicated for a lot of people who are like, I'm, I'm comfortable at home. Can I just stay here? until the vaccine comes right <laughs> and it's not it's not that simple if only it, it was then we could make our decisions right but everyone has different uh you know because then maybe there's a space in an office for you maybe do they even need the office anymore that kind of thing there's so many considerations to this and it makes it even harder for for businesses and individuals to make decisions because of the unknowns so like if we just knew that it was going to be like vaccine in a year okay let's make the plan right Yep. Nobody knows any of that. So uh, you may or may not be able to go outside or you go, will go outside. You're going to play it by, by ear, I think. That's what it sounds like. 
Oh, oh yeah, definitely. And, and to your point about about retaining our personal choices in the midst of an opening up economy, is I'm talking to Rachel about, hey, we gotta, you gotta, uh, my wife Rachel, you, you gotta uh, negotiate with Duke to, to let you to let you stay at home for a while, uh, because have you have you i'm sure you've heard of what is the book uh four hour work week by tim ferris Ferris, yeah yeah and you know how he talks about the grand plans and negotiating with your employer to stay home that's one of his key things to be able to do that that's how you can figure it all out yeah yeah but like the, the most challenging part is is getting that trial period where you do it and i i forget exactly what the trigger was to, to get the trial period, but it, it was it, it was something where you had to you had to sort of try to twist their arm or or finesse your way into a trial period where then you could say, look look how well it did. Can you let me continue doing that? The, the one of the silver linings you could say from from this virus is so many people have got a trial period that yeah, they didn't we, need to we finagle. Didn't have to yeah <laughs> twist their arm to be like, hey, can you just try it out for a bit? That's a really really good point we all have this test period and so we can use it as an absolute example of, I don't know, efficiency or even just as the similar quality of work, the same, it's nothing changed or changed for the better. In terms of your case, it seems like the circumstances improve things. You're this, you're in the same situation, but the, the environment has changed. So that helped you. And so that, that's a, yeah. Why, I guess the point is everything's not going to go back to the way it was. Um, I think everyone's starting to understand that. And those that cannot are the ones that are going to be the most frustrated and uh, maybe are already visibly frustrated. And uh, I understand that. Change is hard. Okay. It's hard for, for all of us to go through this kind of change. I just wish that some of the people who were doing it weren't putting others at risk potentially. That's because that's that's what we all have to. We're all we're all in this together, but differently. You know, we've been talking about that a lot lately. Uh-huh. We're all in the same pandemic, but we're all in very different situations in our minds, in our work, in our finances, everything. Right. Yeah. But uh, I should probably leave leave you at this. Um, it's a good good talking to you about all this, though. I like this. Um, it's nice to connect with people all around. And uh, I mean, you're going to come back on uh, in later once the the regular format of the show uh, starts up again to tell your personal finance story because I want to keep doing that stuff. But it's yeah, good to be able to, to do a COVID-related uh, thing today. So thanks for coming on, James. Yeah, yeah, Bo. Thanks for having me. It, it was nice to to to, to get on and, and talk about the stuff because I, I really don't I really don't get an opportunity to to talk uh, about this a lot, even though it's very it's it's very important to talk about. I'm usually my conversations are either work or if it's not work, I want it to be completely, completely. I mean, I wanted to, I wanted it to be fun conversation. Uh, yeah, I not, wanna, not, I, yeah, not a <laughs> intense conversation about uh, viruses. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I want it to be yeah, just 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 re- recreational and and so so this what this was. But I am reading about this stuff a lot and thinking about it. So so it, I did enjoy sitting down with you and, and, and diving into it. Awesome. Well, I hope I get to see you in person at some point in the next, I don't know, year. Um, but otherwise, let's uh, let's keep in touch. And um, uh, it was really good to see you again. Yeah, sounds good, bro.